Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. I am so glad to be with you today on this Easter. Are you ready for the Bible today? All right. Let's read. John 3.16 says, For God so, what? God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the gift of Jesus, your one and only Son. Oh God, we just pray today, let your word go into our hearts and produce a lot of fruit. We open up our hearts to you, and we thank you for the power and the authority of your word. We thank you for your ability to speak to every one of us, no matter where we are in life. I pray, Lord, for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what's in your heart. We love you. We honor you. We set this time aside for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I tell you what, it never gets old. For God so loved the world. I just appreciate so much that his motivation for coming, his motivation for stepping down out of heaven into this broken world was love, that he loved the world. And I love that it goes on even further and it says that his desire is that he does not want anyone to perish. I'll tell you what, that's, the mo- that's what we need to know about our God, right? He loves us and he doesn't want us to perish, but he wants us to have life and he wants us to have the ex- expectation of heaven in the future that we can live in eternity with him. Jesus, you know, he came into a really broken world to save people. Uh, most of us in our lives, we have experienced brokenness. There are broken relationships. There's the brokenness of failed expectation. There's a, the brokenness of hurt and pain we've experienced in our lives. There's the hurt and brokenness of, of sickness and disease and just things in this world around us that don't work the way that they should work and they are an evidence of the brokenness around us. I know that all of us have experienced it in different ways in our lives. And I think for me, the season of my life where that was the most real, it was the most raw, was the season when my parents passed away. In 2011, my mom passed away of a really rare cancer. And um, the irony is she was an oncology nurse for 30 years. A few years later, in 2017, my dad passed away. And again, it was a really rare cancer that like not many people get, and it was different than my mom's as well. And um, I, I look back, and I, I'm, I'm so thankful for my parents. I, my mom and dad, if you knew them, um, what I'm going to tell you is, is pretty obvious, but they were very different, but such a great couple. Um, they were very different in that my mom was this really quiet, strong lady, and uh, just full of grace. Uh, and she was short. She was like five foot one. My dad, on the other hand, he was not quiet. He was super expressive and very passionate about anything that he did. And he was like six foot four. So when you put them next to each other, you just couldn't miss them. They really stuck out. Of course, I, in my stature, I got stuck in the middle. And I got to tell you, um, even in that season of pain, there are so many things that I was thankful for. So thankful that I had good parents. I had parents who loved me. I had parents who spoke life into me. I'm so thankful that I that I had parents for 36 years of my life before any of them passed away. And 
And I'm thankful that I had parents that wanted me to know Christ. And uh, I, I certainly had to, to like process a lot when they passed away. One of the things that I was disappointed and sad about was that I felt like I was too young to have both of my parents gone in heaven. I also, you know, frankly missed the affirmation and the love and the care that they showed me. There's something special about that love that a parent shows you. Um, but again, I was also thankful that I had it. You know, as these things were happening and as I was considering its impact on my life and my family, I also considered the fact that they were relatively young as far as lifespans go for them to pass away. And I processed this and, and, you know, went through the sorrow and the loss. And I'm so thankful for God's ability to minister and heal along that process. But when it was all kind of done, if you will, and I, I began to push back and say, you know what, God, what do you want me to see about this? Like, what can I learn or make of all of this that's going on around me? Because I, I'm just looking at all of this. And I feel like there's like an overriding thing that I could learn. I felt like God spoke something very simple to my heart. He just said, that's why I hate sin. It's, it's wild because when God speaks to you, uh, so often it's simple but profound. And yet there's so much more hanging on it than just what is said. Like it was so profound to me. This is why I hate sin. And I got it because I, I realized like the rest of the sentence or the rest of the narrative, if you will, that sin is what brought brokenness into this world in the first place sin's what brought disease into the world sin is what brought death into the world and the way that romans six twenty three says is this for the wages of sin is death but the gift of god here it is again but the gift of god is eternal life in christ jesus our lord you know in humanity uh, as or Humanity, all, which means all of us, you and me, all, all of the collective we, if you will, we have violated God's best for us. Um, with our lying, our stealing, our sexual immorality, our jealousy, we have we violated the beauty and the elegance of what God created and what he really intended. We decided to depart from him, and yet the moment we did, he went on a rescue mission. He decided to pursue us, decided to come after us and to show us that he loves us and wants to redeem us. You know, I, I had the same line of thinking, thinking, excuse me, when I was praying about the coronavirus. I you know, spent some time praying and saying, God, this worldwide pandemic, this thing that's impacting all the nations of the world, I'm just praying cease and desist and would you break the power of this thing and you know, as I was considering it and its impact on everyone, I thought, you know, this this is brokenness. This is brokenness that is caused by the the sinfulness of a humanity, the sinfulness of the collective we, if you will. We parted and we there's brokenness and yet God wants to rescue us. And so one of the things that I prayed along the way is I said, you know what, God, um, as I'm praying for this thing to end and praying for this thing to cease, I would say, God, Forgive us, all of us. Forgive humanity for our sin, for the, the sin that brings this brokenness into the world in the first place. And, and I think that kind of humility, that, that show of, of accountability is one of the things that um, engenders the grace of God and it engenders the mercy of God towards us. 
Because we see in Scripture time and time again, he wants to rescue us. But one of the things in being rescued is we've got to realize that there's a problem, that there is a brokenness, and yet God has the solution to that brokenness. And we've got to come to him and say, God, I want things to be different. He's our solution. And when he's our solution, he gives us the power to change. And he gives us the, the empowerment for our lives to be different, our lives to be changed. Maybe you're listening today and you're ready for a life change. I want to encourage you today to turn your life over to Jesus. Today is a great day to give your life over to him. Any day is a good day. But today in particular, because today's the day you're watching and listening, today's the day to just say, Jesus, I want you in my life. I remember my own story, my own journey. I was an atheist as a teenager. My parents decided to go back to church, and I did not want to have anything to do with it. They were all excited to follow after God and to to know the Lord, and I really liked my sin, and I really liked having or being in charge of my own life. And one of the challenges that I really had was with faith itself. I thought, hold on, you want me to put my whole life behind this God that I don't see tangibly and, I, and a word of you know, scripture that was written centuries ago and based my entire life off of it, I thought, man, I, I want some evidence. I want to know he's real. I'm not just going to give my life to a God that I don't know is there. So I started on this journey, and this journey was one where I thought, at first, I'll, I'll figure it out, right? So I did a bunch of research. I thought I was the most brilliant 16, 17-year-old there was. I think I was pretty full of myself. But I did a bunch of research on the validity of the will of, of the Word of God, and then I did a bunch of research on the validity of that there is no God, and that science is God, and that other, you know. And, and what I found was really smart people could make really convincing arguments, and frankly, that you know, I could kind of go either way, and it really left me at a stalemate when it came to figuring it out with my brain. And so I, I still had this question, is, is this loving God real? And is his son real? Is this story, is this book real? And so I came up with a plan, and I think now looking back, maybe it wasn't my plan, maybe it was a plan that God put in my heart, I thought, you know what, I'll pray. And I'll say, God, if you're real, then I will give my life to you. But I thought, but if you're not real, then you're not listening. And so I, I commenced to praying that way. God, if you're real, I'll turn my life over to you. And as I did that, um, I found that the Lord would show up in, in, in uh, small ways. But I also found out that there were ways that God wasn't going to show up. Like, he wasn't going to do magic tricks. Like, I'd say, God, all right, if you're real, make the chair levitate. Nothing. But then, like, a few days later, I would have this thought that was like, yeah, if I made the chair levitate, then it's like magic, and you'll always need magic to believe in me. And so I, these thoughts would go in my mind, and it would begin to um, formulate a way of thinking, if you will. And I remember distinctly one day I was... I was driving in my little two-door Chevette. It was a 1986 Chevette. Driving along, the windows are up, and this little bird is running across the road. And I remember thinking, this is ridiculous. This bird needs to just start flying. And so I thought in my mind, you know what to do is what I'm thinking in my mind. And I yelled out loud like the bird could hear me or understand English, just fly. And just as I said that with all of my focus on this bird, I heard this thought in the back of my head. You know what to do. Why don't you just do it? 
And I remember thinking, like, it wasn't audible, but I was like, where did that come from? I was so focused on this bird, I'm thinking, I don't think I thought that thought. It was an interesting juncture in my life because in that moment, it was like, do I believe that that was God speaking to me? Or do I find a way to discount it? And so I just kind of let it set there for a bit. And I, I remember thinking, something has happened there, and I'm not going to make any life-changing decisions, but something has happened. It wasn't like a couple weeks later, we, I went to the hospital. There was a, a young lady in our church uh, teenage group that um, was there, and a group of us were going to visit. And when I was leaving the hospital that day, there was these two young ladies on a bench, and they, as I walked out the door, they wanted to bum a cigarette off of me. Well, I looked at these two young ladies, and, and I knew, you know, okay, how this is supposed to go down. But in that moment, I just had this thought, like, this isn't who I am anymore. This isn't who I want to be. And I looked at these two young ladies, and I guess I'd spent a lot of time with the youth group or something. And instead of giving them a cigarette, I said, do you have a Bible? It was so funny. My friend who was with me from the youth group, who was a Christian, looked at me like, what just happened? Like, I know who you are, and I know what you're about, and I've never seen you do anything like this. Well, that was the day, May 5th, 1992, that I gave my heart to Christ. Went home that day, and I thought, okay, I need to go pray the prayer. And so I went home, and I went up to my room, and I said, all right, God, I'm, I'm going to repent of my sin. I was thinking, this is going to probably take a while. Maybe I could, like, bunch some together or something like that. And I, I remember in my room there was this light in there, and it didn't have a shade on, and it was getting to be nighttime. And as I closed my eyes, I could see the memory of that light. And I remember thinking, gosh, I hope that light does not distract me while I'm praying because I don't pray too much. So I bowed my head and I start to pray and the light turns off. My buddy's in the room and he looks out the window and then he looks in the, the rest of the uh, the church and he, or excuse me, the, the hallway of the house and he's like, all the other lights are on. He goes, it's God. And I remember going, oh my word. And so I'm praying and I'm just, you know, asking God to forgive me and turning my life over to him. And I want to encourage you today, like if you're in that place where um, being the ruler of your life hasn't worked, and you know that God is real and you know that he's drawing, you'll, you'll sense it in your heart and in your spirit. You'll know that he's drawing you to himself. I just want to encourage you, turn your life over to him. He loves you so much. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Why? Because he doesn't want you to perish. Why? Because he wants you to have eternal life. Why? Because he has a life and life more abundantly here on this earth. But he wants you to make a decision to turn your life over to him. If you're in that place today, and today's the day where it's time for you to make that decision, April 12, 2020, Easter Sunday, I want to encourage you to pray something like this. Say, God, I believe that you're real, and I believe that Jesus paid a price on that cross for my sins, that he died to pay for my sin, that he rose from the dead, and he has got new life for me, and I want to walk in that new life that you have for me. I'll tell you what, that prayer can never be the same. If that's in your heart today, if that's the prayer that's in your heart and you're ready to take your next step with Jesus or maybe you need to turn your life back over to Jesus, I would love to hear about that decision. We want to walk with you, provide whatever resources and, and friendship that you need along the way. Um, if, if you've made that decision today, would you go to victorychristian.church and click on 
next steps. And uh, just let us know about it. We'd love to hear from you. I want to take a moment and I want to share another thought with you today um, before we uh, conclude today's message. I've been you know, considering the cross and considering what Jesus did and this great sacrifice that he made for us. And I'm so impressed at his willingness. His willingness to go to the cross and his willingness to not take control. And what I mean by that is, you know, along the way you see that Jesus is really grappling with the fact that this is going to be hurt, or this is going to be difficult, this is going to be hard. And as a matter of fact, right before they come to get him, one of the things that he does is he goes away to this garden, the Garden of Gethsemane, and he prays. And one of the things that he prays is he says this. He says, Father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken away from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. I think it's just such a profound moment where Jesus is revealing his heart to his father and just saying, if it's possible, if we could do this another way, I would really not. I would really like to not do this, but I'm yielding what I want for what you want. And just think about that. Jesus himself is yielding what he desires in his humanity and the expression of what he's having in that moment and says, I'm going to put aside what I want for what the father wants because he recognizes that there's a... There's a greater good going on here. There's something that's going to be accomplished that's going to pay for the sin of all humanity. But his willingness to put aside what he wants and to not take control. In Mark 15:31, these folks had gathered around Jesus and, and this is what they said. They said that to him, he saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, let him come down now from that cross and we will see and believe. And just this incredibly ironic statement because they're saying, if you really are who you say you are and you saved others, why don't you just save yourself and come off that cross? And of course, he won't come off that cross and he won't save himself because he's busy paying for our sins so that he can save us. Again, it's not that he couldn't have taken control. As a matter of fact, it says in Matthew that Jesus, if he wanted to, he could have called down 12 legions of angels to come and help him. Like he was not without resources or the ability to change the circumstance. And yet, he yielded. He yielded control in that situation and said, God, Father, not my will, but yours be done. You know, in your life today, are there things that you can't control? I think that's true for all of us. I mean, now don't get me wrong. There are a lot of places in our lives where we absolutely need to go to the Lord and ask God to, to change things. You know, God, heal me of this sickness. And God, I need provision. And Lord, I need you to move in my life. And when you pray those prayers, he will. But are there areas in your life that you can't just control? Maybe quarantines or maybe what's going on in the economy around you where you're not in control of things and actually it's not something where you're supposed to take control of it it's where you're supposed to yield and say you know what father i know that you're looking after me and i know that you've provided for me i know that you'll bring me through this i know that you'll take me around it if it's time to take me around it but i yield the need to control it to you i think Actually, sometimes as believers, we can actually try to control situations through our prayers. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I, I think there are a lot of times in our lives where we're supposed to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. But then there are these times where actually we're just trying to manipulate or get control of a situation where the Lord's saying, I just need you to be patient. I need you to go through this. I need you to walk, to just trust me. Because, you know, the, the Lord's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you. The serenity prayer says it really well. It says, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things that I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Again, I think there's lots of things in this world that we're supposed to pray and say, God, bring your kingdom and bring your will. But then there are these circumstances, there are these things where instead of trying to control them, we need to just yield Yield to God like Jesus did. Just yield in that moment and and, and just say, you know what, Father, I'm just going to trust you in this moment. Trust that you know what you're doing, doing and trust that you know what's best. Jesus knew that the cross was the best plan for you and for me. For the joy set before him, he endured that cross. And I pray that you and I will know when we need to yield and when we need to just bring heaven's will down here on earth. So honored that you're with us today. We love you, and we want to wish you a very happy Easter. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.